Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right. Yeah. Our roster looks great on paper. Whoop the hell. Whoop the hell. All right. But at the end of the day, we better be a good team. And you start building that during this time of the year. Get your sorry ass up! Get your sorry ass up! Doing a lot of talking with somebody that ain't do shit today. Doing a lot of talking. Do you think you're better than Jarrell Revis is right now? I'm better than you. My 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. Time is on the water! Hey, 36! I ain't never seen you before, huh? Back up, Tanner Coach, you need some help. We're gonna expose you, boy. All right, we coming at your ass. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Let's go! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTF Podnet on Twitter. You can find me, your host, Matthew Burning at Sports Fanatic MB on Twitter. We are just one of a ton of great podcasts associated with this network, though, some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Corey Parsons and Dr. Roto from Sirius XM Radio, Mr. Bob Lung, the award-winning fantasy football consistency guide and the creator of the Midwest Fantasy Expo. Dwayne McFarland, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of great others, and you can find all of us on FullTimeFantasy.com, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. We at the Roundtable are also excited to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. You can find them at XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the most advanced stats in football, baseball, basketball, and college football. College football stats are extremely hard to find. For just $15 a year, you can look at all of these. I'm telling you guys, it is well worth it. If you like to dive into the analytical side of sports and or for I use it for prospects, college football prospects specifically, it is amazing. It goes down to the minutest of details in this stuff. And again, it's just $15 a year. If you use our code ROUNDTABLE, you will get 10% off of that, which is a steal of a deal, if I do say so myself, and probably the best deal in the industry. So definitely check them out, especially if you want to get a jump on the upcoming draft class. It'll be well worth your time and money. And it's a Thursday episode for us today, which means we've got the crew back together again. Mr. Tony Dyer, you can find him at Commissioner MR on Twitter, is going to be back with us. Was He had jumps on to break down the XFL and some of the new uh, formatting stuff with the NFL schedule and playoffs. We've also got Matthew Fox with us. You can follow him at Nighthawk7734 on Twitter. He'll be joining us for that as well. And then me and him will break down the Big Brain League, sent to us by one of our listeners of the show and Twitter follows. So 
we appreciate you guys sending us that lead just to give you guys a heads up. Since we do discuss all the other stuff, it goes a little bit longer than we thought. So if you want to just go to the league breakdown, fast forward to about the 30-minute mark of this episode. It has been a couple weeks since we've been able to get the crew together for a Thursday podcast, but Tony and Matt are both here today, and they are both joining me. Matt, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Uh, Hoping that today is uh, the first uh, day of the week where we haven't had a major snowfall. I actually saw the sunshine, which was nice, but still not sure I'll be able to get home because they're having a presidential rally at the arena right by my house and they've said that they're going to be closing roads but they won't tell us what roads they're closing so if uh if i don't hear if i don't talk to you guys on monday just know i'm still sleeping somewhere on the interstate when you say still sleeping on the interstate (laughs) i need to know how long have you been sleeping on the interstate well right now i'm in my office i'd probably come back i'd probably just tell them there's showers and stuff in, in our building and I have an easy chair. I'd probably just text the guys and be like, hey, don't set the alarm tonight. I'm just going to sleep here. Okay. 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 And those luxurious tones that you heard right there is Tony. Tony, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? Luxurious tones? Yeah. I'm yeah. doing well. <laughs> but tones and Tony kind of. Yeah, I thought, you know, it's a horrible play yeah. on words. That's what I'm good for. Bad bad puns and horrible name pronounces as we're going to find out here when we get into these leagues because I have no idea how to say some of these people's names. And you both. I'm glad to be a part of it. Thanks for having me. All right, so we are going to jump in and talk about a couple things here today before we get in and break down a uh, the Brain League, as I talked about in the intro. We're going to start with some XFL stuff, as I've mentioned before, Matt does all of the previews and reviews for the FLA blog. So I'm kind of just going to give it to him, and then me and Tony will give uh, our two cents on it or whatever we want to add on the games here. But, Matt, kind of give us a breakdown of week three of the XFL games. So I think the biggest thing is both of the 2-0 and teams are playing both of the 0-2 teams. And, you know, a 10-week season – only uh, two teams from each division making the playoffs. I would say if the L.A. Wildcats uh, lose today, uh, lose on this weekend or the Vipers uh, for Tampa Bay lose this weekend, you, it's going to be really tough for them to even get back into the playoff conversation. It's been fascinating because Tampa Bay actually, I guess, uh, entered the season as a favorite with the uh, Las Vegas Bookers to win the XFL title. And to me, they've looked uh, the most enigmatic Um, and they're going to play Houston this week, which has been a pretty high scoring offense. So that's going to be a tough one. Cardale and the defenders finally go on the road. They're going to LA. Um, I think that's going to be a pretty winnable game. It's going to be interesting though, uh, to see if those undefeated teams can stay undefeated. And if that means we'll still have the two winless teams, among the one and one teams, which is the other four that are kind of battling, um, the one I think I mentioned that I'm interested in is Dallas and Seattle, um, because I've liked both of those teams and what they've done. I thought Seattle with Jim Zorn looked pretty solid in their week one loss, uh, to the defenders who I think still to me look like the best team. 
And Dallas, you know, Landry Jones wasn't there the first week, and they really had trouble getting their offense going. Last week, they were kind of struggling for a while, and finally in the fourth quarter really found it and put it together, got the running game going. Um, you know, Cameron Artis Payne, who is a guy, if you had followed the NFL, always seemed like a candidate for breaking out, kind of really busted out in a big way in that game, um, especially in the fourth quarter with the running game. So only two teams per conference make it. Houston's 2-0 in the West kind of on top. Uh, that leaves kind of Dallas and Seattle as those teams maybe that are vying just to get into the playoffs. I think this game, even though it's still early in the season, is going to be uh, kind of informative to that. That's actually what I think might be the game of the week. Uh, and then the other game, uh, St. Louis Battle Hawks. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I'm missing one of the, one of the teams. Um, but I kind of liked St. Louis the first week. <clears throat> they have an interesting quarterback. I think they probably are going to be the second best team uh, in the East. They're playing the Guardians. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I had liked the Guardians defense and their team week one. They really looked out of sorts and a lot of infighting between McGloin and Kevin Gilbride in week two. Kind of curious to see what happens there. Uh, McGloin actually got benched for a while in that game. I don't know if they're going to come back to him. Uh, they seem like a little bit of a mess, but both of those one-on-one -one battles will be kind of a chance to see who might be the other playoff teams. Uh, you know, as we get into the season, trying to figure out who's kind of going to rise and who's going to fall. Yeah, I mean, all I got to say is go Defenders. I mean, I love me my D.C. Defenders, <laughs> so that, that's all I care about. Tony, have you uh, have you watched any of the, the XFL games? I've watched a lot of XFL highlights, but I wouldn't say that I've watched a ton of XFL games. Uh, there are some rules I'm really excited about. I'm really excited about two forward passes behind the line of scrimmage. I'm really excited about the kickoff rules, and I like the – now, I don't think I would like this in the NFL, but I like that in the XFL, there are on-field reporters interviewing players at, right after the play. I yeah. really, I enjoy that. I don't think I would, I think it would really screw things up in the NFL. I think it would not work at that level. But in the XFL, I really love it. It makes, me, it, makes it fun to watch. And although most of it has been highlights, they've been a lot of fun to consume. I would say, you know, last week we did see the first double forward pass. The defenders uh, managed to execute that. And then the L.A. Wildcats actually hit uh, the first three-point conversion, giving them a nine-point score, nice. which is kind of exciting. The one thing I still really am curious to see that we haven't gotten is the overtime rules where they essentially have the shootout format where each team gets basically five plays from a set yard line to score as many touchdowns as they can. Um, you know, we haven't just haven't had any of those games go into overtime and waiting. That's probably the one big rule tweak that we haven't gotten to see through two weeks. Yeah, I know we talked about it, uh, I think on Monday's show when we were kind of recapping some of the XFL stuff. Like, I, I'm, I can't wait for that to happen. I'm excited to see how the overtime stuff works. Uh, I love the, uh, since Tony was just talking about some of the rules that he likes, I love the, uh, the extra point, two point, three point play after a touchdown. I, I, I doubt it'll ever make its way into the NFL, uh, but I'd love to see it because I kind of feel like 
especially in the NFL when you get laid into games and there's only like maybe two minutes left on the clock and the team's down nine points, they're out of it for the most part because you know the chances of them going down scoring and then getting an onside kick and then going and trying to score and win is pretty much impossible where at least with this you have a nine-point play, you have a chance to tie it up or however you want to do it. So I do find that part of it interesting. I said I doubt it ever makes its way into the NFL but, uh, you know, as, as we've talked about before on here, this is a, a DC Defenders podcast here. We, we all, I don't know about Tony, but me, Matt, and Dennis are all supporting the Defenders here. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens this week. Uh, I, I really feel like, unfortunately, I'm going to mess it up again because I called him by the, uh, by the, uh, the, the, the wide receiver. What's the quarterback for Houston? Is it Phillips, right? Am I going to get it right this time? DJ Williams. Williams, son of a gun. Cam Cam Phillips. Cam Phillips is the wide receiver. That's right. I always mix that up for some reason. I'm excited to see what he does. I think he's been by far the best, uh, the best quarterback so far in the XFL. And then obviously, I just I love my guy Cardell. I mean, he he he's the man. So I can't wait to see what those guys do. And to me, they're the the best teams right now in the league. The Houston Renegades. Is that right? Roughnecks. Dallas Uh, is the Renegades. The Renegades. I'm thinking of Houston. Houston Roughnecks. Roughnecks. What's their quarterback? PJ Williams. Previously practice squad of Indianapolis Colts. Yes, correct. Yeah, well, and actually, okay. they well, you know my great... vote. That's my vote. <laughs> they actually had a great story last week. Andrew Luck was talking yeah. to his father Oliver, who's the commissioner, and told him you have to go get PJ Williams. He really deserves a shot, and that's kind of how he ended up in the league. And he wasn't the most high-profile quarterback selected to that roster. He kind of won that job. I think Connor Cook was on that team. And a lot of people had thought, including myself, that you know he was kind of a more high-profile draft pick and stuff. Uh, P.J. Williams beat him out in the XFL training camp and obviously has just been going great guns. Yeah, I mean, I heard that uh, the story, too. They actually had um... – they had him on um, ESPN this morning. They were interviewing him, and he told that story about how Andrew Luck was the one who kind of went and talked to his father about how good he was. That kind of got him his shot in the NFL, or XFL. I almost said the NFL. Uh, the XFL. And, I mean, he's he's earned it, man. He's been probably, I would say, the best player so far that I've seen out of all the XFL games. Uh, having had a chance to watch all of them like you have. But uh, he, he's been by far the most uh, most exciting one, at least, to watch. All right, so there's also been a little bit of a rule change being proposed. Uh, For any of you who have not been following into the NFL stuff, we've got some CBA negotiations going on. There's a lot of talks about it, which we've heard pretty much all season, that the owners want to go to a 17-game schedule, uh, which was kind of what a lot of people thought it was going to go to eventually. But then this new playoff system popped up yesterday. Uh, Late last night, Adam Schefter tweeted out some stuff that they are looking at changing at the playoff schedule and making it to where seven teams now from each conference get in with just the first seed getting a bye. Uh, I'll go first on this. Uh, I don't have an issue with it for the most part. Um, I do, in a way, I see the argument for people saying that it's going to water down the playoffs some because if you really go back and look at it, I believe there's only been like five teams in the past 10-something years uh, that would have made it in that have had t- double digit win records. Everybody else has been either nine and seven or eight and eight. So obviously you're not putting in, you're for the most part not getting in teams that some people would feel deserve to be there. Uh, however, the playoffs have not expanded since I can't even remember when, but it was back when the NFL had 28 teams. 2002. Okay, so the, they had. 
28 teams back then. We are now up to 32, and they are allowing it's really just one team for each conference, so two other teams to get in altogether. I don't think that that's that crazy of a move. I do think it also kind of, oh, I shouldn't say allows. It, it puts more pressure on you to get that by because another thing that I know we talked about, because Matt actually, I remember, corrected me on this uh, when we talked about the, the playoffs and the Super Bowls, is that I believe it's almost as well for the past decade, you've had at least one one seed or one two seed in the NFL because or in the Super Bowl because it's that big a deal to get that bye week, to allow players to kind of rest up that late in the season. So that bye week now would be even more important uh, for these teams moving into the playoffs. So I necessarily don't have an issue with it. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to allow kind of more teams to really feel in it uh, going into those last couple of weeks where it really feels like the past couple of years it's kind of been knocked down to like one or two teams fighting for those last couple wildcard spots, you're expanding that even more now. So I like it. I'm interested to see if it actually happens. It does seem like it is, but it has not been uh, thrown out the, there yet. Uh, the owners approved it today, so as long as the players ratify it tomorrow, it's gone. It's in. Yeah. The well, playoff. The playoff section. Is that correct? Or are we no, the, about the whole thing. thing. The whole thing. Okay. Yeah. The, the whole thing. But again, the entire CBA today. Yeah, but it's got to go through the players' side, which we'll see what happens. I mean, I've been I've been following it a lot on Twitter, and there has been a lot mm-hmm. of talk on that the players seem to be getting what they these want. These were negotiated items. I don't yeah. think that they would have made these announcements, or that the owners would have voted today if they didn't reasonably expect it to pass. Yeah, that's what I was saying. When the yeah. stuff that I saw today was saying that uh, the the owner – not the owners, the players are getting a lot of what they were hoping they would get from the CBA. So I, I have a feeling yeah. that it's well, going to the go thing. through. The, the players are getting a lot. The players are getting an extra game check at least. I mean at uh, Actually, so there is – that is one thing I was reading. There is some question because a lot of uh, contracts already exist. And they said something yeah, about contracts guess, yeah. that were set up – that were signed prior to this on a 16-game schedule – would still get their regular, uh, would get whatever that contract was divided by 16, and they would get a bonus 17th game check that would be capped at $250,000. I didn't see the cap. I saw I saw in regards to the playoff teams that playoff teams that got a bye week would be given a game check as though they played the game that occurred during their bye. That's interesting. I mean – you make it to you make it all the way to the top and you get the bye week and you get paid to play. You don't have to play and you get the advantage of home field. That's really interesting. Well, and adding another playoff team, one of the things that would be an appealing thing to the players is you have to remember uh, when you're in the playoffs, you get playoff share game checks for the games that you're in the playoffs. So you're talking about one entire additional roster per conference getting a share of those game checks so that boosts the revenue for you know let's say they keep a 53-man roster for another 106 players who don't get playoff shares now Um, so you know that's another way revenue is boosting it looked like the owners gave uh, a jump it you know it sounds like a small percentage going from 47 to 48 and then 48 and a half the next year but Schefter said that would amount to five billion in revenue shifting toward the players so I think that is a a fairly decent concession as well of course yeah I mean I saw that um what was it that they're actually going to be making less not every player is going to make their full game check is that what you were just kind of saying there I mean it, it's yeah not so it sounded like it was for the existing contracts that were done in in because you know while we just look at the lump one 
you know, what the yearly income is in reality, the way those things are broken up is you get paid in 16 installments essentially. Plus I think they get some kind of installment amount for preseason games. There's, there's ways it gets divvied up among games. It's not like, you know, somebody signs a $28.5 million contract that they get one $28.5 million check because the (laughs) other thing that, uh, that people don't often realize about this is you get paid game checks that are taxed at the rate of the state where the game was played, which is why people who live in no personal income tax states like Texas, their contract is actually worth more in take-home pay than people whose like home state is California. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. Oh yeah. All right. So what is uh? What are your guys' thoughts on that? So assuming that it does, like I said, whether it does or doesn't, it, it's kind of all the news right now. So Matt, I know it seemed like you were kind of a little bit more against it uh, than me and Tony were when we were talking about it last night. So kind of give us your thoughts on whether you want to go playoffs or the seventeen game schedule, however you want to attack it. But give us your thoughts real quick. So <clears throat> I'm fine with doing a 17-game schedule. It sounds like they're going to add a second bye week into the 17-game schedule. I think for fantasy, it's kind of exciting. Our typical fantasy season will probably stretch from 13 weeks to 15 weeks. I saw Mike Clay putting out a uh, kind of essentially what the projection of a, a regular schedule would be, weeks 1 through 15 for regular season, and then you'd play weeks 16 through 18 for playoffs and not play week 19, which would end up being the last week of the, the season. I thought that all seemed interesting. I'm a little on the fence about seven playoff teams. Um, it doesn't bother me, but you know, there was something to me about the exclusivity of the NFL playoffs and, and how few teams get in and how tough it is to get in. Cause I've, I, you know, it used to be baseball had the most exclusive playoff and systematically they've continued to add more and more teams to their postseason. And I, in my opinion, I don't think it strengthened their product. You know, uh, I saw a lot of NBA fans criticizing the NFL for going to seven teams when you have a league that doesn't put sub 500 teams in the playoffs come back and uh, give me some criticism. Uh, But I, in general, it's fine. The idea that just the top seed gets a buy is kind of intriguing, you know, really makes that race for the number one seed uh, all that more critical, you know, because right now, a lot of the talk is always, well, you get your home field advantage in your bye week as long as you're in the top two, you're safe. So, you know, it makes that push for the last week might encourage teams who are close uh, to play more players the last week of the regular season, which might make games more exciting. One of the great things we have this regular season is seeding and playoffs and stuff where pretty much nothing was set going into that last week. So you saw a lot of teams playing their players all the way out, and you could argue that that's what hurt Baltimore the most because they were the one team that kind of locked up their seating and did not play that last week of the regular season and looked incredibly flat when they finally came back two weeks later. Um, so the, those, those things are interesting. 17 game season doesn't bother me that much. I think more of our argument was whether they should do 18 or 17. And I think 17's a fine number and keeping three preseason games makes sense. I guess I look at the preseason a little bit differently. Denver 
you know, my favorite team, the Broncos, have a pretty big history of finding these undrafted free agents who not only make the team but thrive. You know, Rod Smith back in the day was an undrafted free agent who ended up making the Broncos and who I think should be in the Hall of Fame. Chris Harris Jr., one of our best corners, was an undrafted free agent who earned his spot on the roster by the way he played those preseason games. Philip Lindsay an undrafted free agent who by the end of the preseason was playing so well that he earned time in the regular season. You know, I think if you shrink the preseason, three games seems okay to me. It still gives these opportunities. But when you go back to two games, my thought is you're either going to have the first game, the first week of the regular season is going to be a complete crap show because no real players will play in the preseason. And that first week, that's a meaningful game on the schedule that is meaningful to your playoff chances is going to be even rougher than it is right now. Or you're going to end up really taking away the opportunity for some of these guys to show you that they're worth being on your roster, which is really what those preseason games, they aren't always great to watch, but you find these diamond and the rough guys teams find these diamond and the rough guys that that you know when you started preseason and you had 90 people on your roster you know probably you didn't think we're going to make it but you saw the potential in the way they played you add them to your roster and then they become these really important pieces you know it's hard to imagine the broncos being successful to me if we don't have chris harris jr who for the last five years has been one of our best corners and one of the best corners in the league does a guy like that have a good chance of making a team and making a meaningful impression on coaches if he doesn't get a lot of snaps? And if you're down to two preseason games, I mean, do we even have a 90-man roster? Because you already have to cut from 90 to 53. One of the things they haven't reported about this CBA that I'm curious about is there was a lot of discussion that if they were going to expand the season, they were going to expand the rosters. I haven't heard any discussion about whether they have actually decided to go beyond 53. And I think, you know, it's already some tough cuts and some tough chances. You know, we all hope the XFL will develop into something and maybe it can be an outlet for these guys to show what they can do and help earn them jobs on NFL rosters. But I think preseason, while it's not always exciting for fans, serves an actual purpose. And if you completely kind of junk it, you've made your regular season less meaningful and you're also limiting the opportunities to find these guys and for guys to, to earn jobs and to earn a livelihood. So I'm going to jump in right there because I agree with most of, I agree with your sentiment. I agree with the idea, but I disagree here. I want the NFL to move to 18 games. I want 18 regular season weeks with two bye weeks for each team. And I want the preseason reduced to two to three weeks where the starters, the regular anticipated starters. Here's the reality. Antonio Brown's not starting three preseason games. He's just not. That's not how it works. And if he starts them, then he gets the start and he played four snaps. Then he got the start. That's not what I'm saying. Antonio Brown's not logging 25 to 50 snaps in Three preseason preseason games. He's just not. My argument is let's let's allow the starters, the the players that we know are going to be starters. Alvin Kamara doesn't need to show up to preseason other than to face an, a defense that doesn't know what he's going to do. That's just just point blank. That's the only reason 
Alvin Kamara needs to show up to a preseason game is to challenge a defense for the first time in a season. But he already knows what he's going to expect. He already knows what's going to happen. He just has to go through the motions. Why can't we allow the starters to limit that down to like four quarters in the preseason? That's not too much to expect. I mean, that's almost the same as what we do now. The, the third I, week I is think typically what you're, two or three quarters. I think what you're failing to to grasp, you know, is that most of these starters aren't playing in preseason now. I mean, the Rams haven't let a meaningful player play preseason in two years. Denver did not let meaningful players play in the preseason, even installing a new offense. They played like two snaps. The so argument, I'm, fi- though, I'm fine putting starters it are taking a extra where I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Continue. I apologize. But if you're if you're concerned right now with the way the preseason is, is that starters are taking an unreasonable wear. I I don't think that's a realistic concern. I I'm not concerned you, about that. If you I cut think- down too far, though, you limit the op- you, you limit the ability to find these diamonds in the rough. Kamara's a good guy to to bring up. He wasn't a highly touted draft draft prospect coming out i some of what he was able to show his first preseason gave them ideas for how to deploy him in the regular season and he became what he was going to become that's what i'm talking about you there are so there are 90 players when you start a season i'm not talking about the top end guys it sometimes takes two or three games of getting a look at people in different personnel packages to figure out who's good enough to be on your team my question is, we know who's we know there are some players that are good enough to be on the team, in any team. Across any team, there are a couple of players that we always know they're good enough to be here, we're under contract, we're going to sign, whatever it is. Why can't we limit those players to those last that last preseason game? Why do we do this thing where the third preseason game, if they show up, and then the fourth preseason game, it's all backups, and we're just hoping to find out who's going to make the team? Like, why do we do it that way? I don't think that's the right way to do it. I think the last preseason game should be the closest to game one ready as possible. And that's just not what we see. I think if you you talk to coaches, that would never be the case because what they're using that last preseason game to be is to figure out the 20 players who are competing for 10 spots. And I I think it's always going to be that way whether you have two games or three games. If that's your goal with shortening the preseason, you, you're want, you won't get and then, it. And, then, and that's what I'm, that's my point is why can't we just shorten that down? We already know AJ green didn't play in 2019. He's going to be on a team in 2020. The Bengals could trade him, but like, it's not a competition. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a competition for AJ green's job in Cincinnati. I don't know, but I think they could make that decision in two games, not four. And that's the whole point is not to, I'm not advocating for a shorter preseason. I'm advocating for a longer regular season. And I want to find a way that our stars and the people that we watch on TV that we love, the ones that we turn the TV on for, I don't want to abuse them. I want to find a way to preserve them for the moments that we want to watch. And I, I just think that some of that preseason stuff is a little bit extra. I think it's extra where that we could cut out and that could give us one extra game or two extra games a year. 
So, but what I'm saying is, if your if your idea is that you want to preserve those stars for meaningful games, they're not getting worn out in those four preseason games. Now, if you transition two of those to games that count, you're adding wear to those people. You're adding injuries. You're you're lowering their career uh, length. Uh, uh, but the problem that I run into there is I'm adding game checks also. It's not preseason crap anymore. I'm giving real legitimate checks. And here's the reality. We don't talk about this enough. Like, I know that there, there are players who take the checks. This is, we could go on a whole different conversation here. There are players who are willing to take the checks and ignore the physical, psychological, emotional, all the other consequences that football provides. We see the dark side of football. But what I'm saying is, they're, they're working out. They're practicing. I'm saying I want to find a way to get them on the field for the same amount of time for the fans to enjoy more football, which I think is possible. By shortening preseason, extending regular season, adding a bye week, the fans can get more. The players don't have to give any more, and they can get paid more money. That's all I'm trying to say. That's all. So, and, I, and I totally accept there's a different physical risk, and I don't want to get into that, that mousetrap right now. But, yeah, I mean – that's that's what I'm trying to say. I think I think you two are both kind of saying the same thing without saying it. And what I will say to kind of interject myself into the conversations, I think they've already started doing what you're what you're talking about, Tony. I think that's why they're wanting to drop the preseason games down. Over the past couple of years, you have seen these increased dual practices where like teams will go somewhere else. Like the I know the Texans and Patriots, uh, I think have been doing it the past couple of years. I think teams are going to start using that more as a way to get their team ready because they're actually playing against another team without going into preseason stuff. I think that's why they're limiting the preseason games because as what Matt's been saying is that teams are now not using that. They're they're not putting their starters out in the preseason games because I think they're using their starters and everything in those practices. So now they're going to start using those practices, maybe using those preseason games to hopefully find the diamonds in the roughs that you were talking about, Matt. It limits the wear and tear on the players that you're talking about, Tony, because they're not playing in those two preseason games, but they're still getting actual and somewhat like game reps and everything because they're still going up against another. They're going up against another defense. They're not going up against their defense every single day when they do those dual practices. So then, when it comes around to that uh, first game, it's them out there, and we are getting them more games out of them. The one thing I would I would hope is going to eventually happen if they do move to the 17 is if they add another bye week in there or if they go to 18 to add another bye week. Because I am with you, Tony. I think they – No, they said they are adding a second bye week okay. with the 17 game schedule. See, then I think that's perfect. I think that's exactly what they need to do. It allows the team uh, – it allows the players at least that one more week of rest. I think it's going to make it a little bit unfortunately harder on us for fantasy football players well, here's because – uh, Here's the thing. The, the NFL wins. The NFL oh, wins yeah. that deal because it's two weeks. It's not one week. They yeah. added the players added one week. The NFL added two. Oh yeah, and that's yeah. I think it's going to be one more. That's where I think it ends, and I think that's that's what they're talking about. Year. Depending on how they swing the season, the Super Bowl could end up being President's Day weekend. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, so that I'm mean, oh yeah, then you know, I heard someone say it this morning and they're exactly right. It really doesn't matter what any of us think about it because the the NFL is going to win regardless because we're all going to sit here and complain about it. You know, it's like that that first iPhone update or a Twitter update where it happens and everybody's complaining about it because it's new and you don't like it and then as soon as it comes back around you're hooked and you're back into it. It doesn't matter what they do. We're going to be watching when Sunday when Sunday football rolls back around again. We just are because we love football so much here. Regardless of whether I'm analyzing or observing or whatever the word is or just being a – I want to watch more football. Yeah. I always will want to watch more football. Maybe I'm different. For no, me, I think we're the, all there. If the question is do you want to watch more football or less football, I'm picking more football every single time. Yeah. All right. So we uh, we've, we kind of went long on that right there. So we're going we're gonna to cut it there, Tony. I know you got to go, so go. Ahead. Thank you for for joining us. We appreciate you jumping on, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure, Fox. I always appreciate your your banter. You are so capable of calling someone calling someone out respectfully. I really appreciate you, Fox. I want you to know that. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. We'll miss you. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. And now it's time to get in and break down the teams uh, that we talked about earlier. Went a little bit longer on those discussions than I thought, but that's all right. So we've got uh, the the brain, or sorry, the big brain league sent to me by Trevor on Twitter. He sent us uh, his league here. You can find him at T R E V O R T R A U B. We appreciate you sending this league to us, Trevor. So here for this league, we're going to do the same thing we did on Monday. Me and Matt are just going to run through here. We're going to do, since our rankings are a little bit different, uh, we'll run through them and then we're going to go in the list we have them uh, ranked on here from the finish of 2019. Uh, so Matt, I'll let you go first here. Uh, who was the number one team that you had, uh, or for you, what was your number one team? Uh, I went with Tim's team. And I went with uh, Logan at two. I had Trevor, then three I had Tim. So Tim in the top three for both of us. Who were your two and three? I had Trevor at two, so we both had the same number two, and then I had Zach. And then so I had Paul at uh, four and then Zach at five. So Zach made the top five in both of ours. Paul was a little bit of a a difference for both of us. I had him uh, much higher than you. So who did you have at your four and five? So my four, I had Joel, which I think is one that you had lower. So kind of Joel and Paul would be interesting uh, for our discussion. And then I had Logan, who was your one team. Yeah, so Logan makes the top five in both of ours. So then at six, we both have Steven, actually. And then I have a seven at Alec. Uh, so who do you have at your six? Give us your six, seven, and eight. 
So I had Steven at six, and then you and I have seven and eight reversed. I had Grant at seven, then Alec at eight, and you had it the other way around. Yes, so I have Alec at seven, Grant at eight, and then I'm just going to finish out mine right here. Uh, So I had Joel at nine, who was, again, the one that one of our biggest differences. You had him up at four. I have him at nine. Like, we we just kind of switched with the Paul. Then I had Dustin at 10, Julia at 11, and I'm going to butcher your name, so I apologize because I'm very bad with names. Is Cherie, I'm hoping, is how you say it. I have her at 12. Matt, give us the rest of your rankings really quick. So at 9, I had Dustin. At 10, I had Sheree. At 11, I had Paul. And then 12, Julia. Sheree or Sheree. So hopefully we got one of us got it right more than likely <laughs> one of, you. One of us got it. Yeah, because yeah. I'm, I'm very bad about, about pronouncing names, as you guys will uh, see here as we go through the league. So all right, let's jump in here and uh, start with the first team we have on the list, which is Trevor. Uh, I mean, I like Trevor's team here a lot. Obviously, I have him uh, right up there at number 2. Uh, for me, he's, I mean, just loaded with talent. So let's go here, look at the running back, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders. You know, Alexander Madison's a good backup guy to have, especially if, obviously, Dalvin Cook is hurt. Love Rodney Anderson, though I don't know if he'll ever be able to come something in the NFL because of the injuries, but I thought he was a great college player. Uh, wide receivers, Michael Thomas, DJ Moore, A.J. Brown, Darius Slayton. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Rashard Higgins, uh, I mean, Dez Bryant, I don't know if he's ever going to get back in the league again. Uh, then Mark Andrews, uh, Nikhil Harry, forgot Nikhil Harry, Mark Andrews, Tyler Higby, and Ian Thomas at tight end. So what are your, oh, I forgot quarterbacks. Mitch Trubisky, does he have uh, Daniel Jones and Drew Brees? So, I mean, for me, I feel like he's... Big Ben. Big Ben. He's an extremely loaded team. I mean, he's got pretty good depth everywhere. The the one thing, and I do apologize, guys, ahead of time, I did not get your, your starting lineup. So we're just going to kind of assume you guys do regular starting lineups, two wide receivers, two running backs, flex spot. All that stuff. So, I mean, outside of, I mean, I, I like his team a lot. I, there's really not much for me I would do. I think he's got a really good running back core, obviously, in Sanders and Barkley. And then he's got really good wide receivers as well. Michael Thomas, DJ well, you Moore. forgot he has Aaron Jones, too. Yeah, well, I mean, the, if I were starting every week, it'd probably, well, I guess you could probably start Aaron Jones over Sanders. But, uh, I mean, I'm a big Miles Sanders guy. But regardless, he, yeah, he's got a, he's got, he's set. I don't trust Philly's player rotations. Well, Jordan Howard's going to be gone now, so you don't have to worry about him anymore. Darren Sproles retired, so he doesn't have anyone really. Let, you watch you watch the draft for running backs. Jordan Howard's going to be gone. Nah, he's a free agent. I don't think you he'll hope, bring him back. You hope Jordan Howard's going to be gone. All right, fair enough. I hope that he'll be gone. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, overall, I mean, there, for me, there's nothing that you can do with this team. I'm not in a bad way. Like I don't, I wouldn't change anything. I think you're good to go. I like maybe the one thing I guess I would suggest with your your pick. So he's got three seconds and a third round pick uh with one of those seconds maybe i might try and grab a uh, a young quarterback because i'm not i mean you have daniel yes. jones so i mean you've got someone for the future but uh, i mean there's three really good quarterbacks in this class all of them i would have over daniel jones if they were if daniel jones was in this class so i might try and grab one of those guys just to kind of secure your quarterback future but i mean outside of that man you i love your team and i didn't yeah. even realize he has jordan howard to back up miles sanders anyways if jordan howard does come back so what are your thoughts though on trevor's team no that was kind of it i had a really uh you know tough time deciding between trevor and tim uh when i was looking to make my uh one two i you know i really think they're like one and one a um 
I love having Thomas and Barkley. I, I think Barkley struggled a little bit last year. I'm hoping with a new coach, he can get back to more of that year one kind of usage and stuff. I'm with you about Daniel Jones. My, that was the one position I said I would target um, is quarterback. What, fortunately for you, Breeze is coming back, so you, yeah. you have a pretty solid starter. Um, you know, When we were first looking at these teams last week, I had said before I thought Breeze was leaning toward retirement, and it really would have concerned me to see, you know, you have Trubisky, you don't know what Big Ben's going to be, and he has maybe one more good year left. And then Daniel Jones had flashes last year. I would say he he's one of the rookies where you like the potential. I have him on a couple of teams. I wouldn't want to have to rely on him uh, every week at this point because I think – you know, they're going to have a system change. They have new coaches. Uh, you know, they need some help on offense. We at times saw some of the talent, but he wasn't super consistent. It wasn't like, uh, you know, you saw him and you're like, oh, yeah, you're good to go. You can roll him out. Uh, no questions. So I would add a quarterback to the mix. Um, but other than that, I thought he had pretty good depth. Yeah, so, I mean, we both love your team, obviously. I probably should have put Trevor at one. I mean, but, I mean, now that I'm looking at his team even more in depth, uh, maybe I'm wrong. We'll we'll see as I move forward. But uh, I ranked him the way I did for a reason. I don't really remember why now at this point. But uh, let's see. Number two on the list here was Grant. uh, That was sent to us again by Trevor. Uh, So, at quarterback here, he's got Dak Prescott and Tom Brady. So, lacking a little bit there. I mean, we know you got probably two more years of Tom uh, Dak, uh, you know, we would assume is going to be the Cowboys starter for the for their foreseeable future at running back. Carry on Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Philip Lindsay, Darius Geis, Naheem Hines, Malcolm Brown, and DeAndre Washington. So not bad. Um, obviously, I love the Philip Lindsay pick, and Matt is a big Broncos fan, so I know he does as well. Philip Lindsay is one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, but I don't love the running back core here. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, I don't think he's ever going to be what he was. Darius guys cannot seem to stay healthy. Uh, and then on Johnson, kind of the same thing, really. He, he's really kind of these past two seasons struggled with injuries and not been able to stay on the field. Uh, so that worries me a little bit about his running back core. Wide receivers, Michael Gallup, Mike Williams, Curtis Samuel, Devontae Parker, Robbie Anderson, Dante Pettis. So Dante Pettis is really the only one there that, I mean, you could probably just throw him away and it doesn't matter. Uh, outside of that, I love it. I really do love his wide receiver group. I think they're phenomenal. Love, I think he's got two guys in Gallup and Williams who can be wide receiver ones at worst high-end wide receiver twos. You know, we saw a huge breakout year from Devontae Parker. I think we're going to see that at a Curtis Samuel next year as well, especially with Matt Rule being there. I thought he might do it this year. Cam going down, and then at tight end, uh, Fells and Kelsey. So for me, I think he's got three picks here, 111, 37, and 311. Uh, I would think maybe you see 111. That's going to be tough to get yourself a running back. Uh, th- that's my it's biggest thing for this team. Yeah, it, well, especially yeah, this year is definitely loaded at wide receiver. I think – for me, running back is what he needs to attack. I, I like his running or his wide receivers. Uh, you know, same thing I said about Trevor. You might be able to get a good quarterback in the, and possibly in the third round. That three seven pick, you could probably still get a quarterback. I'd imagine one still left on the board. Uh, so I try and grab one of your young guys to kind of pair with Dak there. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, I think really your biggest need is running backs. I don't know. If you could pair maybe a Devontae Parker and somebody to try and get yourself a really good running back as we go through the teams, I'll see if there's a, a team that has a ton of running backs that I might like for you. Uh, but that would be the one thing I'd, I'd definitely attack for sure for him is running back. What about you, Matt? 
See, I think for me, this team, there's a lot of potential, but this one to me, I think the reason I had him sort of in the middle is to me, it had the most potential for swing. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of with you. I, I like the people, some of the people he has in his running back group. Uh, and if they hit, you know, your golden bell has been kind of a disappointment. I don't know unless he gets some kind of a situation change, if that's ever really going to pan out. I love carry on Johnson's potential, but we haven't really seen it maximized either by the team or his ability to stay in the lineup. Philip Lindsay, I love him and his potential and his upside. There are a lot of questions about Denver. They're going to do an offensive coordinator and scheme change for the third time in three years for Lindsay. You know, what is that going to mean? Geis is nothing but potential, but we have only seen the briefest of flashes. I think uh, you and I both talked about in our chats when they picked up the club option on Adrian Peterson, it feels like a little bit of a hedge. You know, if those guys yeah. all hit, you you have great. And I feel almost the same way. I almost feel better about his running backs than I do his receivers. Yeah, if those guys I hit, love yeah. I love Gallup, but you don't know. There are a lot of questions about Dallas, and is he going to be the number one, and will that be good for him? Going forward, you know, are they going to keep Cooper? Are they going to keep Cobb? Is it going to end up, you know, Gallup really benefited from being kind of a guy among a bunch of names and a bunch of options. If it goes back to what it was uh, before they traded for Cooper two years ago, where there really isn't a lot of receivers, what does that kind of coverage and things do? How does he come back from that? Mike Williams, there's quarterback questions with his team. He's not the number one guy to me. He's been a huge boomer bust. Devontae Parker, for four years, looked like one of the worst picks in history, and last year was awesome. Who is the real Parker? I, I like what you're saying about Samuel, and we saw some potentials. They have quarterback questions. Um, you know, there's there's a gulf between hope and reality, and, and you can say the same thing for Robbie Anderson, depending on the situation. All those guys have shown flashes, and if they hit, Grant could go from middle of the pack to competing for a title. Or those guys could all be hit or miss. And if he has an injury to Travis Kelsey, what happens to his team? You know, that yeah. he was one of the hardest rosters for me to rate based on that. Yeah, that's another thing. I'm glad you brought up the, the Travis Kelsey in the tight end position here. So uh, something else I would I would suggest, again, for the most part, when you go into rookie drafts, I always suggest people to doing uh, BPA, take the best player available. Uh, but someone I would also try and attack for you in that third round in that 3-7 or 3-11 spot. Uh, is is a tight end. There's a bunch of guys in this year's draft. Again, if you guys, uh, you know, I said this on the podcast last week or on Monday, we we did another one of these league breakdowns. Feel free, you can reach out to Matt. I'm sure on Twitter at Nighthawk seven seven three four. You can reach out to me at Sports Fanatic MB. Uh, I'd be more than willing to help you guys out with anything you need. Uh, there's a couple tight ends that I really like in this class. That I think all have really high upside. You know, Bryce Hopkins out of Purdue, I think could be an Evan Ingram type. You have Jared Pinkney out of. Uh, oh my God, I just his team just jumped out of my head uh it doesn't really matter at this moment but uh he's another guy that i think is going to be really good hunter bryant i mean you've got some tight ends that are gonna be really good and due to how deep this wide receiver and running back classes the tight ends are going to get pushed down so i do think you could possibly grab yourself a, a young tight end late in the third round as well uh, that you could possibly build on your future here uh, so i would definitely try and attack that as well uh, let's see, Alec is next, and uh, from the looks of it, has a pretty good team here. So at QB, he's got Patrick Mahomes and Sam Darnold. Running back, David Montgomery, Raheem Mostert, 
Justice Hill, Jalen Samuels, Ryquel Armstead, Jonathan Williams, and Ty Johnson. Wide receivers, Brandon Cooks, Marquise Brown, Julian Edelman, Anthony Miller, Deontay Johnson, Jalen Hurd, Olabisi Johnson, Kelvin Harmon, and Justin Watson, Isaiah, I, I don't even know who that is. Isaiah oh, Ford, Isaiah shoot, Ford. Shoot, shoot, there we go, Isaiah Ford. Uh, and then at tight end, Dawson Knox, Will Disley, O.J. Howard, and Evan Ingram uh, has three first-round picks. My my goodness, uh, that's a that's a loaded team right there with the three first-round picks: one seven, one ten, one twelve, and then two ten. So, starting with the quarterbacks here, I think he's good. I I'm not worried about yeah. anything here. You got Patrick Mahomes, and then you also have Sam Darnold, who obviously a lot of people lights coming out. Uh, a couple years ago, I think he's going to be just fine. Uh, showed a lot here at the back half of the season, so I think you're good there. Running backs, a little worried about your running backs here just because you really, in my opinion, only have David Montgomery. And I, you know, as someone who loved David Montgomery coming out last year, I just don't know what Chicago is going to do with them. So that kind of worries me. But, I mean, Jalen Samuels is at best a a running back three. Same with Justice Hill. You know, I I like Ryquell Armstead, uh, but I don't know if he's going to be anything until Leonard Fournette leaves, if Leonard Fournette leaves after this year. Uh, and then obviously Raheem Mostert, he's the interesting one for me of this group. If he ends up becoming the, the lead back in San Francisco, like we kind of saw at the end of the season in the playoffs, and I think you're good having those two. Uh, at least you're, you have two decent running backs there as your one and two, uh, but he is my biggest question mark. What, what's your thoughts on his running backs? Yeah, I mean, I like Mostert probably a little more than you do, but um, you know, it, both Mostert and Montgomery feel like they would be swings to me as your RB2, and considering those are your only, um, I would hope you can use, you know, his. he does have three first-round picks, but they're a little later. I would almost be willing to package two of them to be able to move up to assure myself of getting a big running back, because I think that will make a big difference. This is a This was another team that was hard to rate for me a little bit, because there are a lot of variables for both receiver and tight end. You have some guys that could be really good or could crush you. Yeah, so I was going to suggest the same thing with the picks. I would try and package 1-7 and 1-10 uh, and try and move up into that top five because there's five big running backs here. I know a lot of people kind of talk about the top three uh, in Swift, Dobbins, and Taylor. Uh, but I think you can easily go five deep here in this class, and I, I would be happy getting any of them. You know, Keyshawn Vaughn's up there for me. Cam Akers is up there for me as well. I think all five of those guys are are tier one running backs in this class, so I'd be fine getting any of them. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I would definitely try and move up and get them because I think that kind of would completely change uh, the face of your franchise here, having someone to compare or pair with David Montgomery. So let's let's jump in and break down the the receiving group here that he's got. I love I'll go with tight ends first because I think that's a little bit easier. Love his tight ends. I'm a huge Dawson Knox guy. Uh, and then obviously having Evan Ingram. If Evan Ingram can stay on the field, I think you're golden. I, I'm not huge on OJ Howard. I, I'm just I've never have been, probably never will be. Uh, I just don't see it with him and especially being there in a Bruce Arians offense. Uh, and then a Will Disley I liked him up until the news the other day where Greg Olson signed with Seattle. That was killer. Yeah, I think that really has kind of hurt his value. But in all honesty, at this point, Will Disley is probably your tight end four because you're still going to have him behind O.J. Howard. So him being your tight end four is not that big a deal for me. I love your tight ends. I think he's good. Uh, Do you have any concerns about his tight end group? Are you good with him? Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of potential there, like what you talked about. But, you know, Ingram's had a hard time 
So, you know, and also with Ingram, new uh, offensive coordinator in uh, Jason Garrett, we've seen him pepper uh, Jason Witten with targets when he was calling plays in Dallas. So that could be good if he can stay on the field. Howard uh, possibly getting a change of scenery, maybe boost him a little bit. I like the group. I like the potential, but uh, it doesn't feel like you have a lead pipe lock like, you know, we were talking about with Grant, with Travis Kelsey, a guy that, you know, is going to produce X amount. Um, so that would be the one hesitation I would have. Gotcha. All right. So then wide receivers, um, I'm kind of torn on this group. He's got some upside guys, obviously some proven guys in Brandon Cooks, Julian Edelman, uh, you know, they're, they're proven, but they're also aging as well. So that, that's kind of my biggest fear. The, the one young guy you have that obviously I think has some upside is Deontay Johnson and Marquise Brown. So you've got two guys that you can replace them with. But I do think you need to kind of attack wide receiver. Good news for you. If you do what me and Matt said earlier and you, and you move up those two two picks to get up a running back, at 112, you're still going to be able to get a really good wide receiver. So I, I, that's kind of what I would do with that 112 pick. Uh, I mean, outside of that, I think, and probably your 210 pick as well, I would try and hit wide receiver uh, big time in this in this draft, as, again, as it is loaded at wide receiver. Uh, you know, you're probably good for another year. Maybe two with Edelman and Cooks. I mean, we'll see what happens with Brady. I think it's really leaning more and more toward him not coming back to New England. So we'll see if it's him or if it isn't what that kind of does for Julian Edelman's stock moving forward. Uh, but I'm kind of worried about your wide receivers. That's my biggest fear with this team. Like, I'm not a not sold on Ola B.C. Johnson. Jay, I know a lot of people like Jalen Hurd. I just I haven't seen it. I, I do kind of like Kelvin Harmon. I think he could have something, but I don't think he's anything more than probably a, a high-end wide receiver three for fantasy. So in my eyes, moving forward, you're you're relying almost solely on Deontay Johnson because I don't know what you're going to get from Brandon Cooks moving forward. What, what would you do with his wide receivers? Yeah, I think you definitely have to just try to hope you can get an upside guy and that maybe Brown continues to have more stable production. Johnson's an interesting one because, you know, you don't know what's going to happen with Ben coming back. They still have Juju and James Washington, um, you know, some questions there. Cooks actually scares me quite a bit because uh, we saw him really fall off a shelf for reasons that were not ever made clear um, last year with the Rams. Uh, that would be a little concerning. Like yeah. I said, you have some – there's like a wide range of outcomes for both – to me, for both – you know, for all the position groups on that team. Patrick Mahomes, you pretty well know what you're going to get. You're locked in. Tight end, running back, wide receiver, there's a wide range of outcomes in those groups. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, as, as we mentioned, possible trade those two picks, or even use those two picks to trade for us an established running back if you can. But if not, try and move up and grab a running back. Uh, and then with those last two picks, 112 and 210, I would uh, definitely try and attack wide receiver again. It's a loaded draft class. Uh, again, if you're on Twitter, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can see a lot of the stuff. I post a lot of stuff on incoming prospects, what I spend most of my time writing about for Dynasty Nerds. Uh, so I would be more than willing to help you out there. Uh, you know, just thinking off the top of my head, you probably got the likes of T. Higgins dropping down that far. Maybe even Jalen Rager. He, he's in some of the drafts. I've seen him falling down to into the second round. I would definitely grab Rager at 112 if you can. Uh, and then a guy that I've really loved that I've been seeing going in the beginning of the third round that you should be able to 
grab at 210, Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, very underrated prospect. Not a lot of people talking about him. Depending on, obviously, I don't even think really depending on where he lands. If he gets drafted, which he should, I think he's going to be a phenomenal talent that not a lot of people are talking about. So there's just a couple guys I would look out for. Uh, next up on the list is Dustin. Dustin's team here. So at quarterback, he's got Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins. Uh, I'm fine with them. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, both of them, you're probably looking at, you know, two QB2s at this point, but there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, QBs, if, unless you've got Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, they're all kind of right there in the same area. You're, you're getting kind of the same thing out of most of those guys. So I'm not really worried about having those two. Uh, I forgot. Uh, let's see here. Why, running backs, James Conner, Chris Carson, Devonta Freeman, uh, Lamar Miller, LaShawn McCoy, and Adrian Peterson, and C.J. Anderson. Yikes. Okay. Sorry. So, uh, you can cut C.J. As much as it pains me, yeah. you should let him go. He's not coming back. I mean, not even him. Uh, you can probably cut LaShawn McCoy. Uh, yeah, McCoy's not coming back. It, but mean, to me, cut Lamar he has a bit. running back uh, yes. problem for sure. Clearly. Yes, yes. You have a big running back problem. Because, uh, I mean, let's just let's just be honest here. Chris Carson, we talked about it at the beginning of this episode. If you guys skipped ahead just to listen to your league breakdown – we talked about it earlier that Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, neither one of them might not even play in the 2020 season due to how late their injuries were that Matt pointed out earlier. Uh, so you don't even know if you're going to have Chris Carson on the field. Devonta Freeman, there's all the talks about him getting cut by Atlanta. If he gets cut, yeah. does somebody pick him up? If they do, is it, are they picking him up as a starter? Probably not. And then we don't know what we're going to get out of James Conner. One really good year filling in for Le'Veon Bell was bad last year. You can say it was the injury. I mean, I'm kind of thinking that it was probably more he's just just not as good as we thought he was that first year when he stepped in for Le'Veon Bell. So, and, and I mean, honestly, you've got so he's got one nine, two nine, and three nine. At one nine, you're probably not getting a running back, or at least a good one. Maybe Zach Moss. Zach Moss is a guy who's falling down low, but I don't know if he's a three down back. He's more of like that first, uh, first and second ground pounder. Uh, so, I mean, that's uh, let's well, let's look at your wide receivers here. Do you have anything else you want to add on his running backs before we move to, on to wide receiver? No, just the, you know. Basically, with the the, the trio of uh, Carson Freeman and Miller, you know, uh, you're gonna have to make a move. Yeah. All right, wide receiver here. I mean, I'm gonna honestly, I'm gonna say the same thing. You get, you gotta make some moves here, man. Like uh, Odell is probably your best wide receiver. I'm a being a Browns homer. I think he's gonna have a huge bounce back 2020 season. Uh, but then out, outside of him, Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate, Larry Fitzgerald, Muhammad Sanu, and Willie Sneed. So. You've got, in my opinion, one other starter, and and that's an Alshon Jeffrey when he's healthy. Because yeah. I don't know what Golden Tate's going to do. It's it's bad. Yeah, go ahead. That was kind of the thing for this team. You're okay at quarterback. You're okay at tight end. Uh, we hadn't touched it yet, but they got Hunter Henry, Jared Cook, and Greg Olson, obviously signing with Seattle. So I, I think you're good there. Uh, I think you're playing best player available, and you need to try to rebuild running back and receiver. I don't really yeah. see – Unless you were going to try to package Odell for some picks and, and playable players, you don't really have the assets to deal either. And you're probably going to be dealing with some of the guys that you have, like a Chris Carson that you don't want to get rid of, but that's not going to be playable or tradable in 2020. Yeah, that's the worst part about it. So I'm just going to touch on your tight ends real quick because I think for the most part you're good here at tight end. Hunter Henry, Jared Cook, and Greg Olson. I mean, you got Olson for at least one more year. I think he will be serviceable in Seattle with Russell Wilson. I would not be surprised if he doesn't have at least a decent year tight end, kind of a, a 
you know, pretty low point there for fantasy players. Uh, Jared Cook, now that Brees is coming back, I'm fine with it. Again, he's probably in that 12 to 15 range for tight end. Uh, and then Hunter Henry, we don't know if he's going to stay in Los Angeles. Uh, if he does, if he doesn't, as long as he's on the field, I think he's still probably a top 12 tight end for fantasy purposes. Again, health is probably the biggest issue with him. Out, So, I mean, you have some questions at tight end, but I think with the three guys you have, you're going to have someone that you can plug in every single week. So I think you're, for the most part, fine at tight end. To discuss the bigger parts of your team, as Matt was saying here, uh, you, I don't. The problem is you don't. Outside of put moving Odell, you don't. Ha- he doesn't. You don't have the draft capital to move anybody. That's the biggest problem you're going to have here. I mean, you might be able to move Connor for somebody, but I don't. I don't know. You, you're going to have to find the the Connor believer in your league to be able to get what he's probably. A, maybe a little bit more than what he's worth right now because his stock is at an all-time low after the season he had. Uh, and, and probably Odell's is too. You're not going to get top prime value for Odell because of the season he just had. So it, it's going to be hard, in my opinion, to kind of move some of these guys. What I might try and do is move maybe a, a Devonta Freeman, uh, a Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, I mean, that shoot, man, I don't even know that maybe Jared Cook to some of the higher contending teams that might need a running a, like a backup running back wide receiver or tight end and see if you can get a couple picks out of them again with as loaded as this class is. If you can get a couple two second round picks this year, maybe even some picks next year to kind of start rebuilding this team, because uh, I do think you can build around Odell. Uh, I mean, maybe if you want to build around Connor again, I'm just I'm not sold on him. So. And I honestly don't know who else outside of those two you could move for anything worthwhile. I mean, Matt, what, what would you try and do with this team? Yeah, I mean, if you can get a sweetheart deal for Odell, I might uh, try to do it. But he's not really at the peak of his value. Um, so, you know, not really. You might just have to try your best with uh, with draft picks and, and see if you can get some value and, and cobble something together. That's the problem to me was he has too many older assets that won't have great trade value. Yeah, I mean the one that I could see possibly being moved for something good that you could you could get rid of, and I still think be okay is Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, but I, I, you're not going to get like a first-round pick out of him, but you might be able to get a maybe an up-and-coming wide receiver and, and a couple picks. Like you know, I would, you might be able to get like a second-round pick and maybe like a Hakeem Butler type. Now, I mean, I'm a big Hakeem Butler fan. I think he's going to be a guy who burst on the scene this next year in Arizona. So you might be able to do something like that, like moving Alshon Jeffrey, get a young wide receiver who's coming up, and then another and a draft pick as well, so you can kind of attack running back or wide receiver in the draft. Uh, so that might be something I do. I don't think you could get as much for Golden Tate, so I'd probably try and push Alshon Jeffrey and see what you could get out of him. Next up, we've got Steven. So Steven's team here starting at quarterback. He has got Deshaun Watson, and that's it. So obviously would need some kind of backup quarterback. Uh, I'll just read off your draft picks right here because that'll be my strategy for you. 1-8, 2-3, 2-8, and 212. Grab a quarterback at 2-8. I think you easily one of those guys will fall, whether it's Tua, Herbert. I, I, I would assume Burrow probably falls. I don't think it's a super flex format. Uh, so, you know, one of those guys, Jordan Love's guy is really interesting to me as well. Definitely grab one of those guys to pair with Deshaun Watson. I think you'll, you'll be set and golden at quarterback. Uh, running backs, Ezekiel Elliott. You've, he's also got Latavius Murray, Chase Edmonds, Tony Pollard, Kalen Balaj, and Miles Gaskin. So, yikes. Uh, he's a running of, back uh, yeah. in the worst way. 
Uh, and the worst part about that is, too, is you 1-8, you're probably not getting a good running back. As I mentioned earlier with the 1-7 guy, I mean, Zach Moss is probably your best bet uh, coming in right there. And, and I don't know if he'll even make it to 1-8 because uh, I do think, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn and Cam Akers, guys who were falling in rookie drafts uh, per the ADP stuff earlier, are going to go higher uh, because of, of, you know, just everybody wants running backs. I think those are going to be, most for the most part, the top five picks. Uh, so let's um, definitely need a running back. Let's look at your wide receivers here. Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Sammy Watkins, John Brown, Preston Williams, Jarvis Landry, Hunter Renfro, and J.D. McKissick. So not bad. I actually kind of like your wide receivers here. I was hoping Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, Jarvis Landry. Man, I wonder if maybe you could pair one of your second-round picks and John Brown to get yourself a, a running back from somewhere. I don't know who. I'm trying to look at some of these teams. Uh, but I would definitely, if you could, try and trade for a running back because that's definitely kind of the route I think you need to go right now because tight ends, I think you're okay. Uh, and Austin Hooper and Gusecki, uh, not really caring about Jason Witten there, uh, but I think uh, Gusecki's on his way up, and obviously Hooper, Matt, Matt, big fan of, of Hooper here, was the tight end one for most of the season. Uh, so I think you're set for the most part at wide receiver and tight end, a lot like Dustin, the team we we're just talking about. You can, you need a running back. That's kind of your biggest thing, someone to pair with Zeke, um, and I don't think you're going to get it at 1-8. Uh, Matt, was there anything that you would do? I mean, do you like his wide receivers and tight ends? I think his wide receivers and tight ends are okay uh, enough to compete. I just think, um, you know, running back is what I would really, you've got it right now. He does not have a reliable second running back to start. And almost, we didn't get your starting lineups, but almost every league requires at least two running backs to start. My guess is you were starting Latavius Murray or Chase Edmonds or Bellage, depending on the week. And, you know, that's not going to get it done. That's kind of why you're never going to rise above probably the middle of the pack, even though you have some good players in the other positions until you can do something to, you know, you don't have to have a great two set of running backs, but you can't have a black hole at one of your running back positions. I have lived this nightmare. So I know from experience. <laughs> Yeah, so just kind of going over some of these teams here, what I might try and do is package one of your picks, maybe even your first round pick. Uh, I would hate to move your first, uh, but I might try and do like your 1-8 or maybe your 2-3, package it with a wide receiver to send to Julia. Julia needs some some wide receivers here. I mean, outside of she's got Julio and DK, which is good, but outside of them, not a lot to, to write home about. So maybe you can send her one of your good wide receivers and a pick and get back Marlon Mack or Todd Gurley. I would, I would try and work on that. Julia, I know is a, um, kind of foreshadowing here a little bit is a little bit lower on the ranks for my for me and Matt here. Uh, I think she's one of the teams that probably needs to rebuild a little bit. Uh, so maybe you can send some of that her way, give her a young wide receiver and another draft pick to kind of help her rebuild uh, her team. She's got a couple running backs, so might be able to get one of those off her. That would be someone I'd kind of attack. Uh, see if you can get somebody from. Uh, and then same thing with Joel as well. We'll get to his team here in a minute. He's got a couple running backs. I might try and move somebody to him as well uh, if you can. Um, with your with your picks, as I mentioned, like I said, for me, outside of your 1-8, uh, I would try definitely try and grab a quarterback there in the second round. you got a couple of second-round picks there uh, to kind of get with Deshaun Watson, and I'd go heavy running back, wide receiver. There are some running backs 
they're going to fall into the second round here. Uh, a lot of it's going to depend on draft capital. It's kind of hard to, to say which one I would go with now until I can see where, where they land in the NFL. Uh, but again, if you guys have any questions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. I'd be more than willing to help you guys when, you're, when your rookie draft comes up. Next up, we've got Logan. Logan was actually uh, my number one team. I, I like his team a lot here. Uh, so for quarterbacks here, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and Cam Newton, uh, and Teddy Bridgewater. So possibly four starters here uh, if Teddy ends up on a team. We'll see what happens with Cam and his health. Regardless if Cam even, for instance, never plays a down again, I think he's fine. You've got Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, two of the two of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Uh, so I'm not worried about your quarterback position at all. Running back, Nick Chubb, uh, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Devin Singletary, Carlos Hyde. Uh, I think that's a great group, really. I mean, Bryce Love, too, which I kind of like the Bryce Love pick a little bit. A little bit worried with the Adrian Peterson re-signing because I also think that not only does that not speak to Darius Geis, possibly being healthy and ready to go, but also Bryce Love, who they drafted this past year. Uh, Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb, Devin Singletary, I think that's a great group, man. I mean, if one of them's down, you have easily a top 15 guy at worst to plug in. I think all three of those guys are right in the discussion for top 12, Singletary being the one maybe on the outside. Uh, So I love his running backs. Carlos Hyde, depending on where he goes, I mean, I'm not really worried about him. He's a good fourth running back to have. Uh, So Matt, what, what are your thoughts on his running backs? Yeah, I, I think they're okay. Um, there's some questions, uh, you know, about Jacobs and Oakland and what they're going to do, and and Chubb if they're going to bring back Kareem. Hunt. You know, we saw that eat into the to the value a little bit. New coach there, um, so there are some questions. Singletary, you know, we both loved him in flashes. We at times felt like we liked him better than offensive coordinator did um, based on usage. It's kind of curious to me. You talked about quarterback. He has a good group. This is the team, I believe, that traded for Lamar Jackson and traded away a group that included Jarvis Landry. And looking at your wide receivers and looking at your quarterbacks, I don't really understand the rationale of that move. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. That's just kind of. I I remember, like I said, we were supposed to do this breakdown uh, last week, but I had some stuff come up. Uh, and so that was sent to me then. They did not tell me the reasoning behind the trade, just that the trade went down. Uh, so his receiving group here, uh, Mike Evans, Robert Woods, T.Y., Hilton, Auden Tate, Rashad Perriman, Zach Pascal, Jacoby Myers, Chris Conley, Keelan Cole, and Kendrick Bourne at wide receiver tight ends, Blake Jarwin, Darren Waller, and George Kittle. Love your love your tight ends. I think you're set yeah, there. Tight with, end is with, great. Yeah, Kittle and, and – uh, and Waller. Waller. I, I, I like his wide receivers. Now, he got has a couple aging guys here, obviously, in T.Y. Hilton, Mike Evans. Uh, he's not that old, but, I mean, T.Y. Hilton is probably your oldest guy on here. You've got three solid starters, though. Uh, again, we, we talked about this a little bit on Monday's podcast. Someone who had Robert Woods as their wide receiver one. Um, he's actually continued to produce as a top 15 wide receiver the past three years. I don't think he's a wide receiver one. He's more of a high-end wide receiver two for me. Uh, but on your team, he's probably a wide receiver three, which is perfectly fine. I mean, that's good for him, uh, especially in the fantasy circle. So I'm not worried about that at all. Uh, and I really like uh, Auden Tate. I think he's a guy who's going to be kind of up and coming here uh, with the likely chances that A.J. Green is moving on from Cincinnati. I think Auden Tate has a chance to step into that role. We saw flashes of him uh, last year. So he's kind of like my fourth guy for you so I like your wide receivers you could add a little bit of depth here which again I think you can get with your one draft pick at 2-7 there's still going to be some guys Uh, I would honestly say in this draft um, again we we have to wait to see what the NFL draft ends up 
rolling out and how those guys fall, but I would say you could probably almost get first-round talent at the end of the second round in this draft. It's that deep at wide receiver especially, so I think you're good there. Uh, I would grab a young guy with your 2-7 pick, but outside of that, I mean, I love your wide receiver core and your tight ends. Uh, again, I had him as my number one team. I don't have, as much as I don't like Josh Jacobs, I don't have as many questions about him as as uh, as some people do, so I think your, your, your team is good to go. Add another young piece at wide receiver, or maybe running back if someone Falls you at two seven, but outside of that, I think your your team is good to go. You've got a nice young core here for the most part. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts? I think that was the difference between you and me. I had him five, and you had one. Is the way I look at the receivers he has to me. Those top three are a little bit boom bust. Um, you know, Evans can win you a week and also give you a zero. T.Y. Hilton has a little bit of the same situation. There's some questions about the pass offense there, little questions about his durability. Robert Woods, man, you know, when he's on, he's really good. But, you know, the Rams offense is another one last year. We saw some chinks in the armor. Um, You know, I think you're hoping that Auden Tate and and Brashad Perriman maybe can give you something. And if they all hit, you know, if everyone on this team hits its potential, you're in the playoffs easily. I think I have more trepidation about uh, in terms of looking at the potential downside than than you did. Yeah, I mean, and fair enough. That's kind of uh, one of the things I like about doing this stuff is that obviously uh, we all have different opinions, and and it kind of gives a. Uh, the 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 league listening kind of different opinions on the roster because obviously there's a few teams that we both like obviously but uh, you know Logan gets what I like about his roster and what you kind of don't like so he can figure out which way he wants to approach it uh, so next up we have uh, Paul here I was trying to think of where we had Paul you and uh, uh, I had uh, Paul high you had Paul low so let's see here Paul. Quarterback-wise, Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill, Drew Locke. Uh, I like those quarterbacks. Love me some Josh Allen. I liked what I saw out of Drew Locke. Matt, uh, being a Broncos fan, I know we talked about it during the season. I liked what he saw out of the end there with uh, with Drew Locke. I, think that, uh, I do think he can be the franchise quarterback there in Denver. At running back, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Tariq Cohen, and Gus Edwards. The one thing for me on his running backs is outside of Mixon, I'm a little worried about his depth. He's got a lot of guys that are yep. – I shouldn't say depth, really, because he's got a bunch of guys that could be running back twos. It's the, more like the role, yeah. you know, what their what their share is going to be. That, that was probably – I think this is another one you probably looked glass half full, and I looked like you have more questions than yeah. definitive answers at running back and receiver. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is, I, I still, we talked about it again on Monday's podcast. Austin Eckler, I think he's fine wherever he goes. He's proven whatever role he's in, he's going to be, I shouldn't say that because he could end up going to a team and it completely be non-existent. But for the most part, I believe that Austin Eckler, regardless of wherever he lands, if it's not with the Chargers and another team, uh, that he's proven with as good as he is running the ball and catching the ball, he can be fantasy relevant. Mark Ingram, I still think, is going to be the guy in Baltimore. Now, I do think he's he's going to st- continue to start slowing down even more and more. Uh, the biggest question mark for me was obviously David Johnson. We don't know what's going to happen with him. If he can even return to somewhat of the decent you know, semblance that we saw a couple years ago of him being a top running back 
then you're really good. Uh, but I think him and him and Mark Ingram are your biggest questions, along with Tariq Cohen. We saw a really good year from Tariq Cohen two years ago, kind of a bad year last year. So if any of those guys can take a step forward, uh, then I really like your running back core. You, I mean, uh, for me, again, Joe Mixon is your one and Eckler is your two is not bad. It's not great, uh, but it's not bad, especially with I do think Mixon's going to take another step forward this year as well, especially with Burrow being there. Uh, your wide receivers, I love – Tyree Kill, Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel, uh, I mean, MVS is whatever, and same with Russell Gage. I'm really not worried about either one of them, uh, but I think those three alone are just studs. I, I love all three of them. Allen Robinson continues to be overlooked. I'm sorry, all four of them. Allen Robinson continues to be overlooked in fantasy circles, a really good wide receiver. Uh, so you've got four, I think, in, in all honesty, top 20 wide receivers, uh, and then he has the 1-6, 2-6, and 3-6. So at 1-6, you could realistically get the best wide running receiver. Back. Well, I think the top five running backs will probably be gone. <coughs> there's there's not a running back that I would take at six, so you're probably looking at CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy uh, right there at one six, and I think either one of those you're getting. In my opinion, CeeDee Lamb's the best, but if you're a Jerry Judy guy, you're getting whichever one you think is the best, the best wide receiver in the draft right there at one six, unless – Someone before you takes one of those guys, and at that point, that means one of those top five running backs is dropping, which means then again, the same thing. You're getting a top five running back. So one six, you're in prime spot to either take the best running back or the best wide receiver available at that point. I, 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 that's why I was kind of sold on this team because I don't think he's many pieces away. He, he does lack depth. That's going to be his biggest thing. If he gets some injuries to one or two of his key players – his, his team's going to kind of struggle here in 2020. But if his guys can stay healthy outside of depth, I, I like his main core here, and I think he's got a good shot to be a playoff team. So, yeah, I will say um, I do not care for Tyreek Hill or Joe Mixon, and you having them both on yeah. your team probably caused me to mark you down. I also think you have a chasm at tight end. Um, I used to love Jack Doyle, but he was fairly unplayable last year, and who knows – if the flashes we saw of Ryan Griffin are going to turn out to be much of anything. So that's, that's a real question. I like Allen Robinson, Terry McLaren and Debo Samuel for talent. I have some questions about sustainability for them, whether it's quarterback play for Allen Robinson and Terry McLaren. I thought Dwayne Haskins was a chasm of sadness. Um, I have real questions. He did his best damage when he had case Keenum so what is going, you know, there's a lot of questions, especially now moving to Ron Rivera, you know, what's, what's going to happen there. Allen Robinson, if that guy ever had a decent quarterback, what he could be, you know, he went from Blake Bortles to uh, Blake Bortles, the second coming in Mitch Trubisky uh, and Debo. I love his talent and they use him in creative ways, but you're, you're worried with San Francisco, whether it's running back or receiver to me is, rotations and usage and consistency yeah i mean uh so just for for people um i'm i know i'm sure some of you guys have not listened to in the past uh you know, Matt, you you don't like. It's not that you don't like the talent of Joe Mixon and uh, Tyree Kill. You don't like them for the the transgressions they had off the field that are there that are kind of well, unforgivable. So that kind of and Mixon though his situation. If we're talking about strictly football sense, last year was a real frustration. Unless they yeah. make meteoric changes to their offensive line, you're talking about uh, a rookie quarterback coming in there. Um, they're probably moving on from A.J. Green. I think we saw last year, I like 
the talent potential <laughs> of Mixon, but he might be trapped in a situation where you're not really going to be able to see that ceiling. I think that is a concern uh, for me. They have problems that might not be one-year problems with that offense. Uh, and in fact, they may actually be a little bit worse offensively as a whole next year on their path to being better. Um, but, you know, that doesn't necessarily help you. Like, you know, you're hoping Nixon, based on talent, is going to be able to give you that high RB1. And some weeks he might, but some weeks, I mean, we saw it's not his fault necessarily, but you just suffer when your offense suffers. Yeah. Well, that's what... And to me, Hill is also a little bit, uh, you know, he's probably got a more stable floor, but he also, to me, falls a little bit into that Evans category. Um, but because he has other weapons on his team, he can win you a week, but he could also be like a three-point week. And, yeah. you know, those are more sustainable if you knew you were getting a consistent floor with some of these other guys. That's probably where I'm looking at it. You have potential for high highs and some really cosmic lows. Yeah, and the, the one thing on tight end, which I forgot to, to bring those up, but you mentioned him. I, I like Herndon. I'm a little worried about him. I don't know what he's going to do with the Jets. He was a guy who I really hoped was going to have a big season last year. Um, I, I, you do have Ryan Griffin, though, as well, who obviously clearly had a big year. I do think one of those guys will be able to continue to do that in that New York Jets offense. So I think you have one viable tight end, because uh, I'm with Matt. I don't know what Jack Doyle is going to be. Uh, but again, as I mentioned earlier, tight end is a position I think you'll be able to get in the third round of this draft, so you can probably grab a guy at 3-6. Tim uh, is Matt's number one team here, and I can kind of <laughs> see why. Is uh, He's got three of the top five players uh, on his yeah. roster right there. Uh, but let's go ahead with start with QBs. Matt Ryan, uh, Andrew Luck. I guess he's hoping Andrew Luck's going to come back out of retirement. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, so I don't know if you want to cut him. Obviously, if you've got the room to hold on to him, hold on to him in case he does decide to come back. Uh, it does not show any picks here, so I'm assuming you don't have any. Uh, so that might be uh, something. But he does have Jameis Winston. Oh, he does? I must have missed Winston on here on this list somewhere. Where is yep, he? Oh, he has yep, right famous Jameis I mean, and Matt Ryan. That's why I thought he was fine there. Famous Jameis. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, he got his, his LASIK, so maybe he'll actually be able to see the, you know, the actual correct wide receivers on it. You know, I really thought it was more the colors that was his <laughs> issue since he was always thrown to the wrong team, but maybe I'm wrong. All right, so running backs here. I mean, he's got probably the best running back in the league in Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Royce Freeman. Uh, Damian Williams, Darrell Henderson, Peyton Barber, Brian Hill, and Bo Scarborough. So outside of McCaffrey, though, oh, Fournette. I don't know why, how I skipped Fournette. So that changes my yeah. – what I was about to say completely here. Obviously, you're yes, perfectly fine. Yeah, and Leonard Fournette, I think, if you can get what you got out of him in 2019, you're going to be fine. We clearly finally saw that yeah. number, number one running back overall kind of production out of him last year. So at worst, if he drops back down to that running back two he's been for most of his career, you're still good because you have the best running back in the game at McCaffrey Fournette. I would love to try and add a depth guy if you could. Uh, maybe Damian Williams is going to be that. Uh, we, we've seen him. It really seems like at the end of the season in playoffs is Damian Williams time for some reason. He doesn't seem to do it during the year. Uh, so maybe if you can add another guy there but outside of that i'm with matt i think you're solid at running back i think your biggest concern there's been a lot of rumblings that denver's going to add a running back and royce freeman's going to end up in that Devonte booker role 
that will significantly damage your depth. But on the flip side, if they end up moving Gurley and Darrell, uh, you have Henderson, right? Who is there? Uh, who was the backup yeah. there? Uh, uh, Henderson's uh, yeah. Henderson's uh, uh, Gurley's backup. It was Darrell Williams yeah. was the other one. Yeah. So if Daryl Henderson, so if they end up moving Gurley and he ends up getting a bigger role, you know, that might be just kind of ending up a flop. But that's something here. I guess you're going to have to see how free agency plays out. Yeah, so a wide receiver here, I mean, you don't need to do much. DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, James Washington, Andy Isabella, John Ross, Kiki Kuti, Cole Beasley, Danny Amendola, Quincy uh, Anunwa, and Tim Patrick. So you could probably just cut Andy Isabella on purpose just because I said so because I don't like Andy Isabella. Outside of that, you're good to go, man. Like you've got nothing to worry about. You know what? You know what I actually would do if you could? I would try and move Adam Thielen for something. Uh, because yes, exactly. I, Adam Thielen. You and I have the same thought. Okay, go ahead and give us your your, your thought on them. If I have anything to add, I'll, I'll add to it. Yeah, because I, I mean, I was looking. Uh, there's a lot of questions. Uh, you didn't hit tight end. I like Dallas Goddard that he has in Joku. There's uh, talk that he might end up leaving Cleveland, or if he has a better role in Cleveland, I think you're okay in that spot. But if I could flip Thielen to get maybe a couple of draft picks and try to build some depth running back, um, that would make the most sense to me because I think with Christian Kirk, Adams, and Hopkins, you have your starters. Yeah, so that's what I would do too. Uh, if if you could move Thielen for say a running back two or for some draft picks, that's what I would do as well. I think, you know, as as Matt just said, Kirk is a guy that I think is going to take a step forward this year, and you've already got two studs. I mean, you've got two. In my opinion, they were the two. They were argued as the number one wide receiver off the board last year in Hopkins and Adams, and then you got a guy who is clearly can be a wide receiver three in Kirk. And even if not Kirk, we saw that at a Marvin Jones last year. You also have Cole Beasley, who had a huge year in Buffalo. You have plenty of guys who you can throw in. There's your wide receiver three slash flex spot. Uh, so I'm with Matt. If you can move Thielen for And that was picks. really, for me, that was what, um, Tim, it was, you know, having that Hopkins, Adams, McCaffrey as the top core. It yeah. was a real narrow decision between, you know, obviously Michael Thomas Barkley and then DJ Moore was probably the second, the third biggest guy for Trevor. That was to me, you know, kind of comparing those, those top end three. I mean, those, you could almost have other holes in your lineup when you have those three going every week and, and make it. But the fact you also have Leonard Fournette, who I think has a pretty stable floor and a guy like Christian Kirk, it almost doesn't matter if you end up with a quarterback or tight end issue. Yeah, and according to this, I believe he was the one who won it. He's got the number one, or maybe, nope, I'm looking at the wrong thing here. I apologize. But anyways, uh, yeah, so I mean, you're loaded. Regardless if you don't move Thielen or not, that would be our suggestion. I think that would be a good way to kind of help build a little bit more running back depth with your team because you are solid at wide receiver. Next up is Zach. So Zach's team here, quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Jacoby Brissett, Gardner Minshew, and Dwayne Haskins. Uh it's okay. I, I don't hate it. Uh, obviously, having Russell Wilson is great for you. Uh, overall, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, my biggest question, I don't think Dwayne Haskins goes anywhere. I know he had a bad year last year, but I, I still think 
from no, what we saw out of him in college, yeah, he, there's there's no. I don't think there's he's going to struggle as bad as he did last year. It's just he's very young. He's kind of like well, that Sam Darnold coming in a couple years ago. I I, I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was last year. You also kind of have to figure he was Dan Snyder's guy, and yeah. part of the friction between Snyder and Jake Gruden was that pick, you have to figure there was a lot of discussions with Ron Rivera that, Hey, you know, we liked this kid. He's a local kid. He's going to help sell tickets. Can you work with him? And I'm sure, you know, that was a big part of it. He, he wouldn't go anywhere. He'd have to see a much bigger flame out than what we saw last season to even consider moving. him. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, so I do think you've got two good quarterbacks there. I shouldn't say good, but you, you, you're set. You have a backup in Dwayne Haskins. Now I like Thank Jacoby, you. But, well, my, what I was going to say was Jacoby and Minshew, I don't know if they're going to be starters for more than maybe one more year. That That's my biggest fear with them. But you've got a guy in Dwayne Haskins where even if he's, you know, probably lower tier three quarterback, as you just mentioned, I don't think Snyder is going to be be willing to give up on him for a couple of years. So I do think you're set for the most part at quarterback uh, and you're good moving forward, at least for now. Running backs, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt, Matt Breida, and uh, Jay Ajayi. So, for the most part, I like your running backs. Uh, I mean, my biggest thing is all of them have question marks. That's kind of what worries me about your running backs here. So, Dalvin Cook, obviously a stud when he's on the field. you got to be worried about his injuries. You don't have Alexander Madison to back him up, which kind of hurts you a little bit. Derrick Henry, uh, everybody assumes he's going to go back to Tennessee. I'm not 100% sure on that, and even if he does, dude has taken a beating the past couple years. Can he continue to produce at the level that he did the past two years? We don't know where Melvin Gordon's going to go either. What's Kareem Hunt going to do? There's a lot of talks that he was going to be back in Cleveland. After the latest incident he had with the weed thing, I'm not sure he's going to be back with the new regime. So does he even get another shot? So you've got a lot of talent, uh, but there's kind of a lot of questions about him right now. If they all land in good spots, you're good for the most part. I mean, you've got three guys who can easily be in the top 12 in Cook, Henry, and Gordon. So... For the most part, I guess I would say I'm not terribly worried, but they do all have question marks that have me questioning it a little bit. What are your thoughts on his running backs? Yeah, I think with Cook and Henry, I felt good about the two starters. Melvin Gordon, uh, big question. And then, you know, obviously Kareem Hunt, big question for many reasons. Brita, it seems like, may be kind of more of in the odd man out. I He's a good depth option, but... You know, I don't think that's going to be reliable. The The real tough thing for Zach is going to be um, it looks like he's limited to just third-round picks. So you can pick up yeah. some lottery tickets and some flyers, but you can't really count on anything you draft starting for you. I liked his wide receivers enough to cover flex, and I, I think between Henry, Gordon, and Cook, he should be fine. Yeah, and I figured you'd love his wide receivers, especially with the top two. I like the second guy a whole lot, not that first guy, but his wide receivers. Well, I mean, receivers. He, has the, he has the fourth best receiver in all of football in Amari Cooper. Yeah, uh, whatever. I don't. That dude's not even going to be in the league <laughs> next year. <laughs> so his wide receivers, Amari Cooper, Cortland Sutton, Tyler Lockett, Calvin Ridley, Will Fuller, Jameson Crowder, Alan Lazard, Keyshawn Johnson, and Ger- Geronimo Allison, Riley Ridley, and Chad Beebe. Uh, so just joking, obviously, if, for those of you who've never listened before, I'm, I'm not the biggest Amari Cooper fan. Uh, Matt is, a, I lost a, a lot of bets this year because I had him, I actually had Amari Cooper as wide, I had him outside the top 10 and he finished 
in the top 10 by, I believe it was by like five points he lost out. And uh, you, when you think about all the wide receivers who were injured and didn't play well this year, he wouldn't have made the top 10. So it's a little, little frustrating for me. But regardless, whether he goes back to Dallas or not, he is definitely at worst, I would say, a top 15 fantasy option. Uh, and Cortland Sutton, we both, I know, again, as you being a Broncos fan, you love what you saw out of him this year. I thought he was going to break out this year. He's a stud. Uh, so those being yep. your top two, I think is great. Uh, and then being able to plug in uh, into your third spot, guys like Lockett, Ridley, or Fuller, is golden. So I, I love your wide receivers as well. Again, if you could move Amari Cooper for a better wide receiver, I would. Uh, that's just joking, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love his wide receiver group. There, I'm just, just to throw his tight ends in there really quick because I love his tight ends as well. Noah Fanton, Irv Smith, two young guys who I think are both going to take step forwards this year as well. Uh, so your yeah, whole I receiving course feel is good gold. about Fanta's every week starter in 2020 based on what we saw with him and Locke. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. So, yeah, I mean, outside, like I said, I guess for really, your team is I, – I like it. Um, the more and more I'm looking at it with those third-round picks, uh, at this point I'd probably go BPA, best player available. is probably yep. going to be wide receivers maybe – Try and grab uh, another young quarterback if one of the good ones falls into that third round, uh, just in case. Maybe another Haskins. young tight end, too, just yeah. to have another guy in the mix. Exactly, yeah. We, I mentioned a couple guys earlier, but uh, if you guys continue to listen to this podcast, which we hope you will, we'll be talking more and more about those guys as we get closer to the draft and everything. Uh, there's a there's at least five tight ends in this class that I think all have a chance to be decent uh, NFL options. So I think uh, with those third-round picks, you could easily get a quarterback tight end and then maybe a wide receiver. But outside of that, I, I uh, your team is really good. I, I really like them. Uh, like I said, their biggest thing is going to be how some of your wide, your running backs shake out. Uh, so yeah, for I, I oh, think the depth and the potential ceiling was why I had his team ranked third for me. Gotcha. Yeah, and I'm saying I had him five. So I mean, it's not that far out of it for me. Really, I think like my top, if I remember correctly, like my top six or seven, they were all fairly close. Like I could see any of yeah. those teams winning it. It's all really kind of the who has that big week when you need it in the playoffs kind of thing. And with the team that Zach has here, I would imagine, you know, if you get that week where Tyler Lockett has, you know, those five catches for 160 yards and two touchdowns, you're going to end up winning that week if he's in your lineup. So, yeah, he, you, he's he got a, a team that could win a championship for sure. So next up Yeah, I is, think that's how we. I was looking at my top five. Uh, it wasn't until you get to Steven's team, which we talked about where, at six, uh-huh. where where you start seeing an obvious hole like he needed an RB2. Yeah, so that's probably the same for me too because Steven was my sixth spot as well. So that was kind of the thing. But I do think, as we talked about with Steven earlier, if he can make a – with those draft picks, if he can move up and make a couple moves, I think he could actually put himself in that conversation with that top five because Zach was actually my five spot. So he kind of round out that, that group of, uh, for me, championship contenders as well. Uh, so Joel here, let's see, quarterbacks. I mean, best quarterback in the game and Baker, the touchdown maker. Uh, and then he's also got Matthew Stafford and Taysom Hill, which is Matt's darling. So uh, I, I like his quarterbacks. Obviously, you know, Taysom Hill is, I guess, if you want to say a question mark, uh, we don't know what's going to happen with him. He believes he can be a franchise quarterback, and Sean Payton is as well from all the things we've heard. So regardless, you've got a young guy in Baker, a proven guy in Matthew Stafford, and a guy who could be something in Taysom Hill. So I love your quarterbacks. I think you're fine there. Running backs, he's got a this, – this was my biggest question for this team was, okay, so you got Sony Michelle, Kenyon Drake, Rashad Penny, uh, Justin Jackson, and Ronald Jones. So obviously I'm a big Ronald Jones fan. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. Uh, but this is his year. He's got to prove it this year. Otherwise, he's gone. So I don't know how much you can trust him. Uh, Sony Michelle and Rashad Penny are – 
Uh, really, so is Kenny Drake. They're all huge question marks for me right now. Sony Michelle, well, we Kenny's all. Kenny's a health question mark, yes. too. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned but it earlier. He has picks three, four, and five. So the way I was looking yeah. at it is he can cover over some of those running back questions. Oh yeah, so we'll get to the picks in a minute because that's what I was gonna I was gonna attach that to the running back question or the conversation here. So with Sony Michelle, Kenyon Drake, and Rashad Penny, you know, obviously Drake, if he ends up re-signing in Arizona, you're good. You've got a starting running back there. I just don't know what you can expect out of Sony Michelle. Uh, and as we talked about earlier in the podcast with Rashad Penny, as we did with Chris Carson, we don't even know what they're gonna be like in 2020 because they got those serious injuries so late in the season. Uh, and then obviously, like I said, Ronald Jones, you're, you're hoping that he produces at an RB2 level, but we just don't know. You do have 1-3, 1-4, and 1-5, so you're eventually going to be good. Uh, because regardless of what happens at 1-2, and two, you could easily take three backs at those three picks, and you're going to get three good players. As I mentioned, for me, because I'm someone who likes to draft running back early, my top five picks in this draft this year would be the top five running backs in Swift, Dobbins, Taylor, um, my goodness, they just jumped out of my head, Akers and Vaughn. Uh, those are my top five right now, uh, and I think you could easily, you're going to get three of those five, three of those five right now. Uh, so I, especially if, and even better, if one of the guys is, is a wide receiver taken at the top, I would imagine it won't be, uh, but you've got a chance to get three really good running backs, which then would really improve your team because your wide receivers are solid. Juju Smith-Schuster, Chris Godwin, Stephon Diggs, DJ Chark, Tyler Boyd, Corey yep. Davis, Paris Campbell, Deshaun Hamilton, Hakeem Butler, Justin Jackson, oops, sorry, Antonio Brown, Steven Sims. Uh, I'm going to throw in your tight ends real quick. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, Jonu Smith, Jay Sternberger, Foster Moreau, Josh Oliver, and Rob Gronkowski. So, holy shit, man. Uh, I love this whole receiving core. So, tight ends, I'm just going to say it real quick. You're good. I love Jay Sternberger. I do just telling you right now, sneaky top ten tight end this year. Dude is gonna blow up in that Green Bay Packers offense. If he doesn't, you still got TJ Hawkinson and John U. Smith. So I think you're fine. So was running back the reason you put him at nine? Because this yes. was a disparity for us. I had him four. Yes. Because I thought he had loaded other positions and with those draft picks could easily patch over running back to be competitive yeah so thank you for calling me out we were i was hoping to skate past that uh so i had well, him i'm not trying to call you no out. no you're good that i'm just one I'm, of the ones where we had a disparity I'm, I'm messing with you so yes in, in full transparency the reason i had him so low uh i did not look at the picks so I just looked at his running backs and I was like, oh man, like, cause I just don't trust any of those guys. I, I said, Kenyon Drake is at his best option. And that's if he resigns in Arizona. We don't know if that's going <laughs> to well, happen. The, card, the Cardinals are saying they're going to franchise him if they can't get a deal. I, I think they're pretty locked in. The bigger question to me in Arizona is what happens to David Johnson. I think, yeah, I think at this point in time, unless we see big evidence to the contrary, Kenyon Drake is is their guy. Uh, they traded for him. They saw what they needed to see in a sample. Uh, and I, I think all of their off season. So that, that might be a little bit of the difference in our perspectives. Yeah. I'm also a little more hopeful that I think new England sneakily had some offensive line problems. And that was a part of why they couldn't get Sony Michelle going. So I feel like he might be in for a little bit of a bounce back. But then I was looking at those picks and I thought, even if, Michelle makes you go crazy and you can't play Penny. You know, you have Ronald Jones who could be, you know, a bi week filler and you can get some guys uh, to put in. That was kind of my thinking. 
Yeah, and that, that's what I was like. I said I, I overlooked the pick, so that's that's a, my bad. If I wouldn't have seen those, he definitely would have been higher for me. And I would also say, with the amazing wide receiver depth you have here, you could probably move two for a top end running back easily. I mean, because I mean, you've got Juju, Chris Godwin, Stephon Diggs, DJ Chark, Tyler Boyd right there alone are phenomenal. And then you add in guys like I'm, I love Hamilton. I hope he takes a step forward in Denver this coming year. Uh, you know, Hakeem Butler is a guy I just mentioned earlier. Paris Campbell, I think, is going to eventually step up in Indy. A huge fan of him as well. You've got a ton of talent at your wide receiver core, so I think if you wanted to, you could easily make a move uh, with one of these wide receivers to a team that needs wide receivers uh, to kind of get yourself another running back. So that would be my goal, uh, but if you didn't want to move those guys and hold on to them for depth, which I wouldn't blame you either, and just attack running back with your three picks, go for it, because I think you're going to be fine there. What I might do, and I don't know if it'd be possible if I'm being honest I might try and take two or maybe all three of those and try and get like a Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey uh, just to kind of get the proven guy but if you can't get uh, you know one of those guys for those three picks I just take all three because again I don't even if only one, even if only two of them pan out, you still probably are getting two top twelve running backs. So I, I, I or at least fifteen. I got these running backs are going to be really good. I'm telling you. So so I think your team is good to go moving forward. Uh, he was he's probably the one that I missed on the most here when we were ranking him. And like I said, I, I should have paid attention to those picks and I didn't. Um, so yeah, I, I love his you know, team I also all together. Wonder about about this league. Uh, we haven't touched on it, but several of these teams have two kickers. I wonder if they have a kicker premium that we're totally missing out on. I mean, I hope not. Maybe they could. I don't know if that matters. I well, mean, I was trying to figure out. I don't. Honestly, guys, if you're listening, if you do not have some kind of kicker premium, for the love of God, don't waste two roster spots yeah. on a kicker. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realize. So I've just kind of been over skipping over the kickers, obviously, because with those, it's kind of a, outside of the, the top guys, the Robbie Golds. Uh, I can't even think of them off the top. My Greg Zerline. Zerline. I yeah, can't even think of the one team we're about guys. to look at has both gold oh, and wow. Zerline. I didn't even, oh, yeah. Okay. Sheree or Sheree. Cause, I'm sorry. I'm not but trying to make fun of your name. Are I, I'm two horrible. or three of these teams that I've seen there are four or five of these teams that have two kickers. And that's why I was wondering, uh, maybe, uh, you know, so if you guys have some kind of a kicker premium, we, uh, we may have to go back and re-rank your teams. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. All right. So next up again, uh, I apologize. I'm bad. I, I say Noah Fant, Noah Font all the time. I'm bad with names, uh, whether it's Sheree or Sheree, we are doing your team next. So, uh, Quarterbacks, I think you're good. I love Carson Wentz, and then you've got Jimmy yep. G as well, so you're good there regardless of who you're starting every week. Running backs, Alvin Kamara, Tevin Coleman, Jamal Williams. So here's James White. Oh, sorry, James White. Uh, so here's my thing with your running backs. Uh, obviously, Kamara's great. The rest of them are question marks. I don't. Jamal yep. Williams is at best a running back three, I would say, especially with the way Aaron Jones played at the end of the year. We well, don't know. Probably what's more good. like a running back four at best. Yeah, probably. Uh, Tevin Coleman, you know, we don't know what his role is going to be, especially with what we've seen out of Mostert at the end of the year and in the playoffs. And then same thing with James White, really, because we don't know what's going to happen with New England. The good yeah. news for her is that uh, one, she has two. one two, which means you're going to get Swifter Dobbins, who I think are elite, elite running backs in this class. I, I, I'm going to assume. 
you know, one of those two goes first. If not, you know, save the number one one, which I know is the team we're going to get to next. And Julia, if she goes Taylor, you're getting Swift or Dobbins. So regardless, you're getting one of those three players. Uh, if it were me, Julia, turn the, turn the volume down for a minute. Hope that Julia doesn't take Dobbins because I think Dobbins is the best. Uh, but regardless, you're going to get a really good running back at one, two. I would not trade that pick unless you are getting a really good running back back in the deal. Uh, so I do think that's going to help you out a lot because then you're pairing a really good running back with Alvin Kamara. You're going to be set at the running back position. Your wide receivers, Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup, Mecole Hardman, Tyrell Williams, Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, Miles Boykin, and Marquise Goodwin. Tight ends, Jimmy Graham, Tyler Eifert. So my biggest thing that I did not like about this team is I don't like your wide receivers outside of Allen and Cup. Uh, I mean, Hardman, Sanders, they have some upside, but I don't think either one of them are really startable every single week. Uh, and that's kind of my biggest concern with that. Now, again, as I've mentioned earlier, this this draft class is really deep. You will likely be able to get a really good wide receiver at 2-2, but even then you still only have three really good wide receivers. So that's kind of my biggest issue with your team is you need to build in some wide receiver depth right now. So yeah, because my- Tyrell is a question, too. Oh, yeah. Um, with Oakland, you know, he had some good games. I like Keenan Allen, but some big questions about quarterback and offense for the Chargers. And Cup seemed like for a lot of the season, like you said, was the most consistent Rams receiver. But even toward the end, there were some games where he disappeared. So I'm with you. You know, on paper, it looks like a good a good group. But yeah. I don't know week to week how confident you are about starting two or three of these guys yeah and i mean that was the only reason i i had her ranked so low and i, I mean again it's you she ha- you have a really good solid core and again with those draft picks you're going to be able to really add youth into this core as well which is going to help you but i just think you need a little bit more depth at wide receiver and i like i said with that one two pick i think you're going to really help your running back situation so i'm not as worried about the running backs but you really need to get some some depth and some uh at least one more really good wide receiver into that group. In my I opinion. also think she has to do something at oh, tight end. Tight end. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy because Graham I, I think yeah. both of us think Jimmy Graham's probably going to be a cap casualty this offseason. Both yes. of us are higher on Sternberger and Eifert. Man, I don't know when the last time I felt good about starting Eifert was. Yeah, neither do I. So that's, again, I mean, you're 3-2. You could probably grab a tight end. Again, as I mentioned, there's about five guys here. Maybe the team we just talked about in Joel, who has a bunch of tight ends, you might be able to make some kind of move there. Uh, may, I mean, the problem is he's so loaded. I mean, he does need a running back, so maybe you can send him like a James White uh, over to get like a Foster Moreau, Josh Oliver, maybe even Sternberger type or Jonu Smith. And one of those guys over, I think, could help out your tight, at least give you a startable tight end every single week. Don't give up too much, uh, but I would try and maybe move someone uh, that you don't need as much there. You Maybe a lower-tiered wide receivers or a, a James White uh, over to, to Joel to get one of his tight ends. Uh, so last but not least is uh, Julia here. So Julia's quarterbacks, Jared Goff, Phillip Rivers, and that is it, right? I'm not missing anybody. No. Okay, so those two. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not great. Not great, Bob. Not great. Uh, Jared Goff, obviously, is a starter every single week. We'll see what happens with Rivers. Unless uh, they sign Tom Brady. 
I don't think Tom Brady's going to the Rams. I did just see a story about the Rams, though, which is just insane to me that that might happen. We'll we'll, we'll save that for a different time. You know, but, if you uh, were Tom Brady and you wanted a team that was more ready-made to compete for a Super Bowl that was in a, a plum market situation, the Rams would be a better choice to me than the Chargers. If you're making but, any arguments for the Chargers, I would double down on the arguments you could make for the Rams. I don't disagree. Dallas Cowboys would be the better choice, so just saying. I don't. I don't know if that'll actually happen, but <laughs> now you got me choked up. Uh, so I mean, if Philip Rivers does come back and play somewhere, you're at least good for one more year. Uh, the bad thing is, is I don't. With we'll save we'll save the picks part. I'll, I'll I'll discuss that in a minute. So, but you definitely need another quarterback. Running backs: Todd Gurley, Marlon Mack, Duke Johnson, Damian Harris, Ito Smith, Chris Thompson, and Benny Snell. So I don't hate your running backs. Uh, you know, Todd Gurley, he, he's just slowly been getting worse and worse. Uh, you know, Duke Johnson, he's uh, at best running back three, four. Same with Chris Thompson. We'll see Benny Snell. Maybe he's the future in Pittsburgh. That's kind of what you're hoping for. I do like the Damian Harris one, actually, because I do think he has some sneaky upside, especially if the Patriots don't lean on uh, Sony Michelle. Uh, and I'm just not a big Marlon Mack guy, uh, so it's kind of hard for me to say if he's going to be good. He has his moments, but then at other times he's really bad. So at, overall, I think you've got a, a – good you've got good depth at running back but you don't have any studs and that's kind of what worries me however you do have the one one so you're going to get whoever you think is the best running back in the draft again for me it's clearly swift and dobbins at the top i could go either or and then it's taylor uh acres vaughn so however you want to do it if you disagree with me and you want to go your own guy please do it's your team that's just my opinion uh, but you're clearly going to get whichever running back you think is the best at one one which is going to give you a distinct advantage here at wide receiver, Julio, DK, uh, AJ Green, DD Westbrook, Deshaun Jackson, Randall Cobb, Devin Funches, Demarcus Robinson, and Paul Richardson. So I'm not going to lie. I'm completely discarding your last four. They don't even matter to me. Really, neither does Deshaun Jackson. For me, you've got four guys. It's Julio, DK, AJ Green, and DD Westbrook. DD Westbrook, I think, is a sneaky good guy next year. Uh, we'll see if he can break out a little bit more now with Chark probably being the one there in Jacksonville. Love Julio, love DK. I think you're solid there. AJ Green's kind of the big question mark, obviously, because we don't know where he is going to go. Uh, but regardless of where he lands, I think he's got the talent to be good. So I think you're good there at wide receiver. You got the two one and three one. You could grab wide receivers if you need to. That's where I would suggest probably trying to get another young quarterback to pair in and possibly a, a tight end because uh, outside of Zach Ertz, you've got Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald. Uh, I'm not big on Ebron or McDonald. Uh, so you've got Ertz, and we don't even know how much longer Ertz is going to be in Philly right now. I think his contract's up in a year or two, and Dallas Goddard has really looked good. Uh, so I, I don't know outside of Ertz what you, you you need to improve your tight end position some. But Matt, kind of what, what are your thoughts overall on her receiving options here? So, you know, I think for me, when I was looking at the team, it's not that it's a bad team. Um, you know, one of the reasons it was at the bottom for me is you have an aging core um, that, and you don't have, you know, a lot of top performers. So, you know, if you had a really aging core, but they were all still kind of at the top, you you make a playoff run. To me, this has the look and feel of a team where I might almost be thinking about trying to get as much as I possibly could for Julio Jones and or Todd Gurley from a contender and or maybe even Marlon Mack and starting over. 
you know. Okay. Uh, because AJ Green, boy, I've ridden the AJ Green train for the last two seasons as well. If he can get back on the field, we don't even know if he's going to be close to where he was before. We don't know where he's going to play. Uh, Gurley's future seems a little up in the air. You know, the Rams say they're they're not moving on, but there are these persistent rumors. Um, Julio and Atlanta, they're getting older. Their window feels like it's shrinking a little bit. Ertz definitely has Goddard coming up behind him. You know, we talked a little bit about your your quarterbacks. Westbrook has shown flashes, but you know, we also like DJ Chark there. We don't know who's going to be the quarterback, what kind of an offensive system they're going to run. You have some potential, but in my opinion, you don't have enough potential in your core, even with that top draft pick, to probably be in the playoff hunt. I might be looking at trying to flip, trying to collect some picks, get a bunch of young assets, start turning this over, and looking two or three years down the road. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't be a bad move. If you could really flip Julio, uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, like maybe Julio and Marlon Mack or Todd Gurley for some young, like if you flip Todd Gurley maybe for a, a younger uh, running back and some picks or maybe a young wide receiver up and coming. I wouldn't trade all of those guys because then you're kind of really stripping your team no. down having yeah. nothing to start. But if you could flip two of them uh, and get yourself some picks, especially this year, and what I would also try and do is sneak in some 2021st picks if you guys can trade that far out because 2021st, uh, is going to be a pretty loaded class at running back and, as well as wide receiver next year as well. So if you can try and sneak in some 2021 picks as well, uh, I would definitely try and do that as you can kind of help rebuild your team. But I'm with Matt. I would try and flip at least one, if not both of those guys, and try and rebuild your younger cores. You do have some young good pieces, uh, but you do have a lot of aging guys as well that you kind of, I think, need to move on from sooner rather than later. So that is the Big Brain League breakdown. We uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Give us a five-star uh, rate and review if you guys like the episode. You can always reach out to any of us on Twitter if you have any more questions, want to discuss your team's further trade questions, anything you want. We'd be more than willing to help you. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining me today. I hope you uh, have yourself a good weekend and enjoy week three of the XFL. Will do. You too. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your pop on there. Who can make a play?